Hello, nerds! Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only podcast on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show that is based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Taylor. I am your host for the evening. With me, as always, is Greg. Hey, Taylor. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, Greg. I'm very excited to be with you on this beautiful morning. Also with us is Ryan. Hey, Taylor. Thanks for having me today. Oh, somebody didn't bring their someone Game Boys. Someone didn't bring their A-game. Well, and you know what, Taylor? I guess that's okay, because I still uh, like him. He's still a good so guy. Bad. Yeah, he's all right. He's all right. I just thought as a guest that I would maybe take it slow, dip my toe in the waters, but you guys want me to go full. Oh, no, somebody's being a little nervous Nelly over here. Zero oh. to 60 in 2.6 seconds here on Tay Dog and Money. And, of course, I'm Money. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing I'm great, Money. You're talking to him. We got to get these people up in the morning. Oh, are you a little sluggish today? Well, not now. Uh, Go on a little journey with us through comic book television, if you will. Uh, put on your little cape and your underoos and jump right out that fucking third story window. I will. I'll do all that, like, but I can promote my book at some point. Uh, I don't think. Is it yeah. a comic book? And let me ask you this: Is it a comic book property? It is not. Oh uh, well, then the answer's no, I my friend. If you didn't even bring it up, I seems just, like you meant, came like, on the wrong show. You said I can't go on any other show except for this one. Well, listen, that sounds like a YP. That's your problem, all right? Oh, but you know what else is a YP? What? Your oh, pop what? filter. That's who we are, and that's what we do. Ryan, tell us about something that isn't your book. Okay, so the only reason I'm here is you do not want me to talk about Maybe it. talk about a competing book. Okay, a competing book. One maybe yeah. about comic book properties. Imagine you're someone at the bookstore holding two books. One, your book. The other, somebody else's book. Talk that listener into buying somebody else's book. And in my imagination, I'm just putting my book down. And just That's the decision I have to make right now. Indeed. Yeah, if you don't make that decision, all of your loved ones will die. Okay, well, how about this? The other book in my hand is How to Not Be a Stupid Rude Radio Host. And I'm buying two of them uh -huh. for the people on this show right now. Now, T-Money, you wrote that book, did you not? I absolutely did. Thank you for bringing that up, Money. Well, it's a great little book, and you can buy that at 19.95 at all of your Barnes & Noble or Borders bookstore locations. In 1995. <laughs> absolutely. You will have to go back to 1995 in case of some of the stores. A Crown Books? Well, that's gone. You're not going to get software, etc. That wasn't even a bookstore, buddy. Walden Books? Is that Walden one? Books. Excellent. Very good, Ryan. Please do not speak again. No, no, no. That, that's on me. That's, if, that's my fault. If you want to go to a Walden Pond and go to their uh, gift shop, you can buy my book at that gift shop right now. It's the only book that they sell there for some reason. Is Walden Pond the one with all the creeks? Are you fitting creeks once again into a, a superhero hour, hour intro? Ryan, I have to say, <laughs> we asked you not to speak again. What more? Your family will be executed. Can we run back the tape where we said, Ryan was not supposed to. T no, we can't. We can't do that. We don't have that technology because we are severely underfunded. But I'm almost sure he did say that. I think that we're getting a call. Can I take a call? Is we that don't have a phone. There's no phone in the office. You office. need to get the fuck out of here. This is crazy. I saw one thing that I thought might be a phone and I have to leave now. That's it? Absolutely. Get out of here. Bring in our next guest. And also one of my family members will still be executed. Oh, 100%. Your closest relative. <laughs>
Oh, coming in now is a caller on our phone. Ring, 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 ring. All right, let's pick up the phone. Who is it, caller? Please identify yourself. Hey, this is Brian. Hey, Brian. Good to hear from you, buddy. Is You're... this our intern, Brian? Do you think that you could let Ryan back into the show? Oh, no. Yeah, that and is we are a no. execute your family, Brian. That's right. Thanks for tuning in to the Family Execution Hour of Superhero Hour Hour. Well, tuning up next, we're going to have some more executions from Nick Sachs over on the show Happy. Before we get to that, uh, the Super Serious Shishi Bullpen. Now we are here in the Super Serious Shishi Bullpen. This is the part of the show where we kick back and have a little fun with some seggies. This week, we are doing This Shouldn't Be a Show. Now, to explain this, we also do a segment sometimes called This Should Be a Show, where we take comic book properties that are have not yet been turned into shows, and we say, this should be a show. And we can't do that anymore. We can't <laughs> do that anymore, because all of them have been yeah, made. Yeah, we're done. So we're looking at ones that have not been made into a show, and we are going to present, each of us, uh, shows that comics that we think should not be a show or could not be a show and or would not be a show or like would the not. story would refuse to be told yeah and any of those options and then the rest of us will see it's like, uh, could it be a show so kicking off ryan yes. what do you think shouldn't be a show okay so i've got kind of a classic hopefully okay. this isn't too obvious because this is kind of legendary as far as awful bullshit goes but uh, I remember it very fondly because when I was a kid, the comic book store I went to sold these like grab bags uh-huh. uh, of like random comics. And that was very intriguing to me. Like, you tell me what I should buy. And in that bag, in the grab bag, was NFL Super Pro number seven. And I read it a bunch of uh-huh. times. Because, yeah, because when you're a kid, you just read yeah, a handful like, of comics. I didn't have access to like every comic ever made. Yeah. So I just read it a bunch. And it is the fucking worst. Uh, NFL Super Pro is about uh, a incredible NFL player. This is Marvel Comics, like mainstream twelve issues. I've never, I've never heard of this. Um, the uh, the main character is an NFL superstar who gets injured, and he doesn't want to get injured ever again, or like he doesn't want other people to get injured. He doesn't want to get worse injured. Um, so what he does is now that he's out of the league, he becomes a super fan, a super football fan. Like okay. that's part of his job. So like uh, a Buffalo Bills fan slash reporter. Oh yeah, slash scientist. And so as a scientist, he creates this super mega NFL uniform that he can fight crime in. <laughs> and his, he gets the inspiration because uh, people sneak into his mansion that is filled with all this gear. And they tie him to a chair. They steal all of his gear. And they take all the gear while he's tied to the chair. He's screaming, please don't take it all. And they take it to a field and burn it. <laughs> they, it's millions of dollars worth of stuff, and they're never brought up again. Like they don't have a <laughs> vendetta against him. This is just what criminals do, I guess, is steal and burn. And so he creates this costume and goes and fights crime <laughs> for twelve issues. And that, this should not be a show, guys. <laughs> I I disagree I got, in yeah, the strongest of terms. Here's the I we'll talk about this actual idea in a second, but what that made me think of was did you guys ever see I believe it was on Disney Channel, it was a show called Monday Night Football Club. And it was a show where these teenagers all got together and watched Monday Night Football every week. Okay. And they had a, a, a lucky jersey. Oh, that's called the jersey. Are you sure? No, it was Monday Night Maybe. And they put on the jersey, and every week they would become a different... Uh, like, they would t- take over the different uh, like players that they were talking about that week. I remember a Disney Channel show called The Jersey, where they, would fi- they had a lucky jersey, and if they put it on, they would become the other player. 
Well, we're, we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, it doesn't matter yeah, what it's yeah. called. Yeah, I don't remember what it was called. I think it was one of those two things. But yeah, they would put on the jersey, and then like the kids would become, they, they, they would live in the body. And of then that. they would show like clips from Monday Night Football or something? No, no, it was, I think they got the actual like football players, and they would like film for the show uh-huh. bits of like that player like doing like, oh man, I've got to like play good this week. I don't, I, don't, I never remember what okay. any that's of the it, things were. I, I'm, I'm ready to wait. That football jersey show that you just described that should not be a show <laughs> that should definitely not be a show but it, it's essentially the same thing where like someone who doesn't have superpowers is very has like football based superpowers but for his, some reason. his costume is like football player based it looks exactly like an nfl uniform yeah except it's like more like made of metal i think that's great that sounds, I think, that sounds so kick-ass and well, will it be like he can like jump super far and nope. he's super strong He's just ultra protected. Yeah, it's an indestructible suit. And other than that, he's got nothing. Okay, so you're telling me that you don't want a show where a man dresses up in like the Superman fighting uh, suit that Batman makes in <laughs> Return of the Dark Knight. Here's the other thing too. It's not you don't you don't want that, but it's football themed. You don't want a show that's that. Before I answer that question, let me just bring it up because it's not just this. Could, this shouldn't be a show, but this couldn't be a show. Um, do you want to co-write a show with Roger Goodell? Yes. Like he's going to be up your ass the whole time. And oh, because you're going for the actual NFL license? It's called NFL Super Pro. No, we're going to no scrub way that. There's no do that. Well, the, we got the AAL now, like the new football league, the XFL. People uh, are crazy about the oh, XFL. Oh, that's true. XFL you Super have to Pro. stand for the, na- the anthem in the XFL. You guys have to stand for the <laughs> So I think, yeah, we'll do that. We will go that way. We won't go towards the NFL because it's yeah. not worth it. We'll, it'll, it we'll, we'll make our own knockoff. Also, we're going to make it big time about concussions, so they're going to put the kibosh on that right away. Yeah, but this show is going to be... Concussion, Will Smith the show, show. the musical. The most conservative thing I've ever heard is that you have to stand for the national anthem, but there's no fair catches. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is epitome of conservatism. All right, uh, Greg, what is your shouldn't be a show? I have this. I'm so blown away by your football show that you just made up that uh, it, it's hard to follow that. I know. Okay. For me, uh, the 90s were when I really got into comics, and there were like a few different big events, all of which in retrospect now that I look at were bad. Um, oh, Nightfall yeah. was bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Death of Superman was bad. There were some good parts of both of those. By and large, they were bad. But because they were popular and they like got the regular Normcore America talking about them, uh, Spider-Man's like, we got to do one of those too. We know how to do events. Oh, no. Uh, so they did the Clone Saga. Uh, which is like not Star Wars. This whole not Star Wars. This whole convoluted story, and the story of why this doesn't work, the Clone Saga, is the story of Marvel like constantly restructuring itself, of trying to get like a whole cadre of artists to all agree to the same terms, and because that never happened, it is such a mess, such a complete and utter mess. They like undid one writer would undo things that another one did. All the characters that are in it are minor uh they the central tenant of it which is ben riley becomes spider-man was universally rejected like it was just so universally rejected right away and then they were like oh fuck we got like four more years of this shit and that's the other marvel thing too like with the marvel netflix shows is somebody was like hey what if there's this clone saga right like this is my pitch and then marvel was like all right four years 200 episodes or 200 <laughs> issues let's do yeah. it like just tell a quick like what if it was three issues uh-huh that's I. Anytime I think about that, I think I think Spider Man does that more often than anyone. There's been so many like long years long yeah. storylines where they're like Peter Parker doesn't exist anymore. One of the things that like Marvel is like revealing all of their 2019 big events, and one of them is Absolute Carnage. 
to give people, like fans now, a taste of Maximum Carnage. Yeah. Uh-huh. A 28 part <laughs> Spider Man series from the 90s that nobody cares. And that featured no interesting side characters. That's what nobody talks about with Nightfall, Death Superman, or Maximum Carnage. Is that what it really is? Is a bunch of like Mary Jane or uh, Typhoid Mary? Uh-huh. Uh, oh, like the Demo Goblin? Yeah. Not even the fucking Hobgoblin? No. The Demo Goblin? This thing is out for more money. A guy named Carrion? These guys sucked, dude. They're like, that's my favorite thing about the Demo Goblin. Is he's like, <laughs> there's already the Goblin. Yes. And then they have the Hobgoblin, yes. which is the knockoff Goblin. And then there's another knockoff Hobgoblin. It's worse than that because there's the Jack O' Lantern, which oh, is a step yeah. between the Green Lantern and the fucking Hobgoblin. Jesus <laughs> Demo Goblin, both the name and the character, it's like when you're trying to, um, like, come up with uh, when you're signing into a website for the first time you're like, oh that name's taken would you like to try this how about Demo Goblin that's, that's true story that is why my name on everything is T-Money Bagels now because <laughs> like I went through a slow period of like yeah. everything that I wanted to try was taken until I ended up with and that I, you don't want to keep trying the same things over and over again knowing that they're taken so, so that's T-Money oh, Bagels that's yeah for me it's the letters XXQAQXX <laughs> that's what I use just for everything because nobody already has that nope. handle uh, I do have to say, though, about the Clone Saga, what's interesting is that there are ideas that find their genesis in the Clone Saga that now could, like, that have become permanent Spider-Man ideas and I think currently are what make um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse so cool. Just the idea of a lot of Spider-Mans is obviously yeah. something that had legs. Uh, oh, and I think we Jesus. all got caught up in nope, the web. Nope, cutting that off. Taylor, I only cutting have, like, a off. minute more of this. Okay. Keep going. No, but uh, <laughs> I would have been thrown out of the studio for that shit. Uh, yeah, no, that shouldn't be a show. I don't like the concept. It should not be done. Uh, mine is another Spider one, uh, and I'm doing this one because I've seen a couple people start since Into the Spider Verse. Okay. They've started advocating for this Spider Jerusalem. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. That the, should be a show, right? The trans metropolitan. Yeah, show. no, 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 no. Trans no. is hot right now. Um, but it is Spider Ham the show. Okay. I don't want this. <laughs> I do not want this. Like, do not make this sh- show. Marvel, I know that you are listening to oh. this show every week. <laughs> Fucking do not make this right. a show. It shouldn't happen. He is good only in like five minute chunks at the most. I got it then, Greg. Strongly disagree. Here's what no. we're going to do. Because I don't, I don't disagree. I do agree with you, but <laughs> here's how. Here's what we're gonna do, so I can make both of you happy. Um, before some Marvel movies, we're going to do a five minute Spider. You're doing. Looney you're doing. A, you're doing a Pixar yeah. like short. Oh wow! And like have like a Bugs Bunny like thing. Fuck, that, that that's such in, like, a good idea. Old school style. That, that is. Marvel, we know you're listening. <laughs> we know you're listening. That would be awesome. No, I'm on but board. That's enough, right? That's all yeah. the Spider Ham you need for yes. the year. That is. You know what? Do that. I'm, so that's not a show. That's, That's not, a show, not a show, but well, it is. If, if you are my mother's new boyfriend who calls all movie shows, uh, that is a show. a show. Do you want to go to the show pictures? <laughs> but yeah, I'm fully on board with that. So we're making that. And it seems like we accidentally are making all of the shows except for it, no, no, If Spider-Ham could deal with, at some point, the NFL Super Pro Clone Saga, well, now there's a bunch of NFL Super Pros. <laughs> oh, I think shit. all three of us will be happy. Well, no, they're sad. All and, three of us will be sad. And no, they're we, all indestructible, so they're just like bashing into uh, each other. And they're like, how do we... Ryan, you were first right the first time. We are going to be happy. <gasps> and you know what we're doing now? Talking about happy in our main segment. <laughs> Welcome to the Pop Filter commercial break of the week. Mike, we're counting down all the hit commercials from the week. What do you think is going to hit number one? Oh, it's hard to say this early in the game. I know. It's crazy. It's been a crazy season. It's been a crazy. Everybody's just putting it, everything on the field they have, all the blood, sweat, and tears, every commercial. 
Now, we call this uh, this bracket that we're doing with commercials March Madness. Uh-huh. Um, and the whole world is talking about our commercial bracket. Well, but it's, it's just like the Puppy Bowl started as a sideshow, and now it's what everybody actually cares about during the big game. Right. And now, everybody just wants to know what commercial will take. I'll tell you one thing, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon is not going to win. Straight out of here. It's not going there. Yeah. Everybody should check it out. The problem is that everybody already has that bookmarked. It's mm-hmm. how they use their Amazon. People know about it, and they're tired of it. Yeah. It, it. They know that this is the same way they used to go to Amazon, but instead now it helps their favorite podcasters. Because remember, Mike, Amazon's not just a river in Egypt. That's denial. And that's what you have right now if you're not on yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. And that's why it's not going anywhere. Yeah. How could it? After that? Next up, how do you see the performance of uh, the Patreon doing? Okay, so this is a Cinderella story, Mike. We have patreon.com slash yourpopfilter, and everybody thought, oh, 16 seeds, going to get kicked out of March Madness immediately, but all of a sudden, yourpopfilter.com, nope, patreon.com slash yourpopfilter is running up the charts with the sports. On its way right into the hearts of the sports. I think it's because um, sports is drama, Mm -hmm. drama is tears. This Patreon has many different tiers that you can choose from oh. $1, $5, $10. Full circle. Others even. Mm-hmm. It just keeps climbing up. There's more tiers than you can even count. What's the highest tier? Probably $1,000. 1000 bucks, and you get to have video of us 69ing. Yeah. And I think that might be, uh, you send us your life story, we will film a movie about it. With no 69ing. No 69ing. Well, unless, I don't know how, I don't these fucking people's lives. I'm guessing if you have $1,000 a month to burn on us, you've 69 to take. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> for an entire day or two. Is there a way, thank you for uh, going backwards and doing that. Um, is there a way that we can make every single person on the planet watch us 69 unless you're in the $1,000 tier and then you don't have to watch it? Oh, a good like, punishment at? Yes. Yes. I love that. All right. Well, Mike, that's all we have the time for right now. But when we come back to the Pop Filter Sports March Madness update session, we'll talk about other teams and how they're doing. <laughs> Last word. Last word. Happy is back. And this time, Christmas is Easter. Nuns are popping off, Nick is sober but still weird, and bunnies continue their quest to be pop culture's spookiest animal. Little Haley has gotten herself into a mess of trouble at school, and Nick has to work as a cabbie to help cover tuition. But it's hard to make money when your one skill is murders, and your imaginary friend has put his hoof down about that sort of thing. Sax is able to hold out for most of the episode before accidentally murdering several goons in a fight that can... Accidentally! In a fight that can only be described as wackity. Meanwhile, Sunny Shine is trying to make Easter a thing, Blue is housing the God of Death, and there's a weird bunny man that is that is that torture guy from last year? So gentlemen, I ask you this. Happy is a show that spends as much time on the machinations of its villains as it does on its comedy or character work. But is this really a good use of its time? I After this episode, and after spending a year or a season talking shit on... Blue. Blue. Um, I'm starting to think that they do it just because they know that we can't spend 44 minutes with Nick Sachs. Yeah. yeah. So it's not as much as like developing interesting characters as just giving us the a break that our brains cleanse. yeah, that our brains yeah. need from watching that guy. Because like one weird thing on this episode, or like the weirdest thing to me was uh they're like, All right, we're gonna tell you who this bunny is, and then it's like it's that guy that tortured people from last season. And One of three characters it could have been. Yeah. yeah, and coincidentally is that guy from Mulholland Drive that goes to see like the source of all evil behind the diner and dies immediately. I didn't realize they were the same. But like nobody watching the show, like or I don't feel like anybody watching the show gives a shit about torture guy from last season. No, like, it it revealed that, and I was like, I know he's someone from last and he's season. Got but, like, pink who is he again? Eye. 
Yeah, I don't. I didn't get all of that. I like. I had to look up who his character was because I don't give a shit. I think I would prefer if they just made a new character and made yeah. him, care of him. If it was his character from Mulholland Drive. Yeah, yeah. Or he died like, and woke up into that reality. I am or the if God he of took death. the mask off and it was the literal Easter Bunny, that would have been fucked up. It, so, can we just assume that every season now is going to be a different holiday themed like mascot? Do you guys are you excited about that? Like, are you excited <laughs> for like the leprechaun for St. Patrick's Day or whatever? Not. I mean, I would say that I didn't think that I would be excited about Easter until you're watching this and you realize like. Pop culture has just given up on Easter. Yeah, like, dude. Long ago, it's just yeah. forgotten. That that sunny shine soliloquy, <laughs> I thought was was pretty good. Like Easter blows. Like it, it, I'm tired of bunnies. I'm tired of like little chicks. You don't get any cool shit. Uh, if you're not religious, it's just not a cool holiday. And then what a weird thing because the premise of this psychopath has an imaginary friend that feels like enough, but also. We're going to tackle holidays? Like, let's just <laughs> throw that on there. It, I do. I like Nick and Happy more than I did last season, I think, so far in this season. Well, uh, I didn't even think about the fact that, I mean, I don't know if this is because it's 2019 instead of maybe 17 when it came out. But I don't know if the, there's so many things that don't play well anymore that feel old and hack and um, not PC. But the constant drinking is one thing. And, like, it feels so much fresh, fresher to me to just have him be sober and yeah. this crazy. You know? Yeah. Instead of just pouring brown down his throat. That is, I, I like his character a lot better because now we also get to see him showing up at AA meetings and uh-huh. just like, be, like being himself and being a dick it, around that scenario. Like, I that's swear, fun. It, they portray the drinking as actually making him a little more normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is so off the wall. And in part, because you accept as a viewer that he t- talks to his imaginary friend. So they have to show you occasionally shots where he's talking to Happy and you don't see Happy on the screen because of people like me who just forget like that that's not normal. Yeah. But every like he'll be in the middle of a conversation and she's screaming at this thing like over over his shoulder and it's like, Yeah, that'd make you pretty off putting. <laughs> People generally aren't for that. Yeah, that's not like a, a good thing that you you see. I see people who do that all the time. Yeah. And I and I you know what? I, I don't usually talk to those people. I'm going to be honest. They are high on meth. Yeah. It's not great. But you, he is not he's not a normal guy when he's no. sober. And, and I like that aspect of it. I think the this still isn't a show that I'm super jazzed about like uh-huh. to watch. Because I think it still leans a little heavy on the over-the-top... like Preacherness. Yes. Yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's the preacherness. Like, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe they flashed back to that fucking orgy with all that weird stuff. Yeah. Like, it's just like, when, when it seemed for a second like that guy was going to just get a blowjob, that was the most normal depiction <laughs> of sex ever. And then still, they had to like... They always had to preacher it up make it just like way more disturbing it'd be interesting for us to watch the show together like with one of those focus group dials you uh-huh. know, where, like you hit like this is good or this is preacher yeah and if our all of all of our stuff lined up i think it would but like it really feels like an instinct in our guts when we're watching it that's like something gross will happen i'll be like ah oh, that's pretty cool that's clever or come on dude yeah. Like, yeah. you're yeah. trying so hard right now it's it's such a fine line, and I don't know exactly where the line is, but I it's it's that pornography test. It's like I know <laughs> I know it when I see it. Yeah. I was like this part, I think don't need it. So much of it is creativity, you know. And uh, when it when it becomes preacher, when preacher or happy is gets that preacher dial, it's uh, it feels like first thought, best thought. You knew that like instead of having a 
action scene or a romance scene, like all scripts need to have every once in a while, or a comedy scene, you had to have a gross out, make us like wince scene. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like first thought, best thought. They just went with whatever. Yeah. And I feel like they do a lot of just like deciding to turn things to 11. Yeah. That's obviously the total ethos of the show. It's just like, and that's not a very creative thing to do. They've never seen anything like this before. Okay. It's like the, the the fight scene that he has where he's accidentally killing a bunch of people. Like, a lot of that stuff works, but, like, the part where he, like, pulls the guy off the, the thing and it's just, like, spewing yeah. blood everywhere. I was like, I can do with, like, See, 50% less of that. <laughs> I loved everything about the final fight. I thought that we had, like, b- b- between the first season and then this episode, we had earned all of that. Like, I was in for all that because it did feel almost like a... Uh, I don't know, old school musical dance scene. Yeah. But with blood and guts and Christopher Maloney. But then there's <laughs> the, there's little drop-offs on the way to that where I sort of roll my eyes. Like, yeah. let's, uh, let's talk about the uh, messenger bike scene or the just the New York bike riders. Does that work? I, I go back and forth on that specific scene because I feel like it is... I don't think that they do those scenes a lot. But I think the first episode of both seasons have had that scene where they're like something about Nick Sachs, even when he's not on drugs, like hallucinates and has like this like weird, almost like magical fairy tale thing about like doing violent things. Just to set the scene, uh, he like he gets cut off or like almost knocked over by a bike, uh, just somebody riding a bike. And so then he pulls a chainsaw out and just starts murdering bikers. And yeah. I think, like, the in his is, imagination. And we know enough about the show that we know automatically. Yeah. He's not actually doing it. He's also right. just, depo- he, the first one he kills, he, he does it with laser eyes. And you know that yeah. that's not a thing that he can do. So, like, without even having to reframe it as an imaginary thing, the second you see that, you know it's not real. But when, when I think the other thing about when things work is because they're, it's very Nick Sachs. Like, we're getting into the character, or it's uh, there's a deeper level to the, like, let's say frustration. You know, like, if he were to get frustrated at his daughter and, like, just pull the head off of every cartoon character that she likes, I think that's different than, hey, man, aren't people on bikes annoying? And now here, we're not even going to go deeper than that. We're just going to kill bikers. That's yeah. It. Right. It's... Yeah, it's because it's the same as like the the opening of last season where he like blew his head off and it turned into like a disco was, party. Yeah, yeah, and it's like okay, this is Nick Sachs being Nick Sachs, but it's not like whereas that showed us a little bit about his character. This is just like he's annoyed at bikers, which right. like a lot of people are, and and but like it doesn't. I want more of the nitty gritty of his character. But it doesn't seem like, it seems like they're slow on giving us that. It's just like, he's kind of a hobo. Yeah, because they want him to be such a cartoon. So much of the humor of him is based on his being a cartoon. Right. And, and so then so when they you give depth to him. that, yeah, which I think they have tried to do, but I think that they wanted to make a statement this at the beginning of the second season that just because he's sober doesn't mean he's not going to be that crazy sax guy. And just because yeah. you had seen what he cares about doesn't mean that he's not going to be like a clown. Which is kind of a bummer because I feel like it rolls back the arc that he somewhat had last season. Yeah, well, that's going to... I mean, isn't that to be expected? Yeah, though? and, I mean, and yeah. Season, season two, he's going to completely arc. And then the beginning of season three, they're going to have it rolled back. That's like going to be a failing because that's what's hard about telling these episodic season-length shows is you have these arcs and then you're like, well, people go back to who they were originally because what other story do you have? But on the flip side, though, I think that they've, they're also doubling down on the fact that, like, so if... Christopher Maloney, if Nick Sachs is a cartoon character that like we sometimes want to be but know that we can't, they're doing a better job of happy 
is less like goofy and cross-eyed, but like the actual human we want to be. You yeah. Know? So they're flipping that script a little bit, even harder than before. That is somewhat interesting, and I do enjoy that, but it does feel like I feel like I don't care as much about Happy, but they're giving him the emotional arc. And I, w- I really just wish it was flopped. Like, I get what they're trying to do. Yeah. But, like, I don't care as much about Happy just by nature of, like, what he is as a character. I'm like, I want Christopher Maloney to give me a little something. Like, he's fun to watch. Yeah. But I w- That's the thing is that I don't know if we'll ever be jazz jazzed on the show. Like, um, I don't know, Legion-level jazzed. Yeah. But no matter what, the show will always have Christopher Maloney. And that whole, like, look that he has of, like, he just took a shot that was half whiskey, half fart. Yeah, he always like has that face. I I watch it all day, every day. You know. Yeah, it's if anyone other than Christopher Maloney was in this part, I don't think that it'd be Baloney. It would be (laughs) Baloney, and I and I don't think that this show would have been picked up for a second season. Uh, I I don't think I don't know anyone else who can make this work the way that he does. Like I think it is entirely sold on Christopher Maloney being able to pull off what he does. So if there's ever a situation where he gets tired of this, the show's over. I don't know who our new Vorp is. Like, who's our replacement actor or Vora? That it, like, who's our just basic, normal, average guy? We uh-huh. used to do Patrick Wilson from Watchmen. But if it was Patrick yeah. Wilson as Nick Sachs, like, I'd be so dumb. I'd be out yeah. so fast. This, this would be a, like, a garbage tier show. Yeah. And if anything, I do have to say, though, you can feel the show leaning so heavily on him that there is sometimes a lot of strain and effort along with what he's doing. And that still exists in the show where it's like, okay, sexy, you really got to like yeah. take us to the next level for this scene. And I, I do feel like he, he ends up bringing it home, but it's like you always see the work. You can, yeah, you can feel the director saying, all right, that was more Maloney, but I need yeah. even more Maloney. Yeah, and like he really is. He's Maloneying like to yeah. the, the top level. The only like non-Maloney bits that I think work are when they like slightly push that line of being like weird, but in a way that's like not over the top. Like when the guy was going to get a blowjob, uh-huh. and he was just like, just a few things about me. I like a lot of teeth down there. Like, <laughs> I, like that bit. He, was I like, thought he had a good turn. I thought that guy. Like, yeah. he was only on the show for about two minutes. I thought he did a pretty good job. Like, uh, he did a good job, and it was like just enough of the like, we're, we're not your dad's comic book television show, uh, but like still like not like going over the line. Like, it was just like this is a weird thing that I would like. No one likes a lot of teeth down there. Yeah. And if you're getting if you're getting a blowjob from a young woman like that, I think that she didn't sign up for something where there has to be a safe word. Yeah, <laughs> she was just gonna fillet you, guy. Like you yeah. can't be like you can't take it anywhere other than that. Yeah, like what? And why does he need a safe word? Like what's I don't know what. That's going how on much in. teeth he, she's supposed to use. That's it's not too she, much teeth. That's a guy, that's too he, much teeth. When he said a lot of teeth, he didn't mean just like rake it across. He meant like really work with yeah. the teeth down there. What I'm gonna and if you see if you hear me scream out Tallahassee, stop. She's like 22, dude. Come yeah. on. Chill what, the uh, fuck out. What Nick did to those bikers, he wants done to his dinner. <laughs> turn the chainsaw on and go to town. Uh, did you guys have any other like major moments, final thoughts on the, the season premiere? Are you excited for the season? The one, thing that I, uh, yeah. the one thing I was surprised by was how there was no hand-holding. Like, if you missed the first season, yeah, yeah, dude, you're, you're just out. Yeah. Uh, and it's because of all the plot line juggling. And I thought that was odd for a premiere. I thought maybe work some of these plot lines into the second episode of the season because they are just giving everything. Like yeah. it, it could be that like we can't spend that much time with Maloney thing, but there's like eight things going on already. Yeah. 
That's what, and that's like that's the problem with the show. It's overly complicated when it's delivering a very like simple product, and then it's just all for their own amusement, I guess, super complex and intricate. Mm-hmm. And it's like nobody cares. I'm not excited about this season. I don't think I'm going to watch the show. I really do like him. Um, but it's not enough to get through all the, like, the, really, honestly, I guess I'm an old person at this point, but just, like, the unpleasantness. Yeah. The show rough. is just so often trying to be unpleasant because that's a way, you, that's a way you're allowed to, like, affect people, and yeah. I just don't want it. I it's, think what I would say is that I'm going to go episode, like, if the second one isn't great, then I might yeah. be out. I, I think I'll, I'll tune in and watch if I have, like, extra time in a week. Uh, I like think one hour. Yeah, I like. I th- I think it will be. <laughs> this will be my. If I've watched the shows that I actually like and I have extra time and don't want to, it'll be like the top of the middle. There was almost middle tier. Happy. Yeah. There was almost boobs in it. There was kind of yep. boobs in it. So like, th- you know, I'm listening. It, it, I'll meet you at one boob. <laughs> the best part about this too is that we no longer have to do the Christopher Maloney like I don't really see you happy. You don't really exist. Like we're past all. Yeah, that. I know. They've That's nice. the relationship and they're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see how the rest of this season of Happy shapes up as we continue it. It is on Wednesday nights on Sci-Fi. Now we move on to the pull list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. And we're back with the Pop Filter Sports March Madness wrap-up session, wrap-up preview. This is where we're wrapping up our preview of what will be to come. Uh, Mike, we don't know what podcast you're listening to this on. It could be Superhero. could be uh, a different one of ours. It could be Serial. We don't know. It could be Serial, where we rank every single Serial out there, starting from the bottom shelf, working our way up. What's at the is the bottom the healthy or is the bottom? No, the bottom's like the bags. Like the oh, these the are bags. rice crispy curs. Do you remember the first time your family came home with bag cereal and you knew that I went like there's more of it and then I ate it when oh. But it also meant that your dad lost his job. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, let's go through the shows real quick because we don't know which one this is. What comes out Monday? Monday you do have movie of the year. Should I talk about what's on this week? No, don't do okay. that. Yeah, <laughs> that scares me. Panicked in your eyes. Uh, movie of the year where we do pick a year and then throw in the best movies of that year and make them fight each other. Exactly. And that's also when our other sideshow comes out. Uh, Solomon Grundy, which is recorded on a Monday, mm-hmm. comes out on a Tuesday. Edited on a Wednesday. We yeah. do the post edit. Uh, what comes out Tuesday, actually? Coming out Tuesday, the first Tuesday of every month is Taylor Talking Taylor, where our pal Taylor talks about himself. And then Thursdays. Oh, a very special show. Very special show where I, I think we, we just stop fucking around. Uh-huh. Stop pulling everybody's puds, and you and me just really dig into the OC. We talk about the fake Laguna Hill. Mm-hmm. It's called the OC. And then on Fridays, of course. The Power Hour. The Superhero Hour Hour. Everybody's favorite show. That's our favorite show. Yeah, for sure. It's the it's the, the flagship. Mm-hmm. The ship that all the flags get shipped on. If you want to be on any of those shows... Make sure that you are emailing us. If you have any comments or questions, contact at yourpopfilter.com or call our robot associate at 1562-DRDJPOP. That's 1562-DRDJPOP. And then like, bring in the rear that I think is climbing up the March Madness bracket. Oh, yeah, Social media the is the- all the rage. <laughs> right. And, I mean, is it going to be Twitter, at your pop filter? Everybody's loved it for a long time. What kind of dogs are they talking about? What other animals do they talk about in there? Mike, it can't be Twitter because something else is coming hot oh. and fast, and it's going to win March Madness the Sports new, commercial bracket. New kid on the block straight out of college at your pop filter on Instagram. Instagram. What? Instagram. They're here to stay. And, Mike, this is not our Finsta. This is our legit Insta. I don't know what those means, but I'm pretty sure this is real. You won't find anything... 
too true on this, which fake Instagram is where you put your real life. I don't get the kids these days. So just to recap, uh, we have shows and then contacts and social media. Yeah. And they're all going to win March Madness Sports Tourney yeah. Bracket. March Madness, last word. Last word. Last word. Now we're here in the pull list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Kicking it off is Riverdale. This week on Riverdale, Betty enlists Cheryl to infiltrate the farm and discovers that the farm is letting people talk to their dead loved ones. Archie's prison friends get sprung from their sentences and they fight the ghoulies out of an apartment building. Jughead ruins a drug bust. Veronica fails to keep her parents' marriage together and (laughs) Baby Teeth gets executed by the ghoulies. Taste buds, I ask you this. Are we finally approaching a point where all of these storylines are coalescing in a satisfying way. After an episode like this, does that matter? With the drug bust and the farm raid and I'm, the baby teeth. I'm fine, with, I'm fine with just being stylized. I'm good with it. One of the problems with the last season was that like, we're going to do horror, right? Like serial killer horror all season yes. long, even though we don't necessarily have that much to do. Yeah. It was a real clone <laughs> saga situation. Whereas now, the group is like, all right, uh, you guys go do the raid, right? You guys go do the movie, the raid. Uh, (laughs) We're going to do some cult shit. And then if we have time, uh, Veronica's going to do some godfather parent trapping. Yeah. So they're just doing all of it right now. And I got to say, even though we didn't move forward really on anything... It was pretty fun. That's I I really enjoyed this episode. They had really good like set pieces and fights. And this episode was the the other one written by Ace Hassan, who who I had the pleasure of meeting, who wrote the uh the breakout the prison breakout episode, which was just a great heist episode. So this guy's seen a bunch of genre movies then. Yes, and I think he is really good at he's just like, All right, we're gonna do like a set piece that's gonna be kick ass and cool and fun. And that's I think and that's I'm, what the show is for, right? right. Like, that's why it exists. I, I think the show, for a little while, lost what made people, like, excited for it, which is, like, j- first of all, keep these friends together. Because there was a moment where Betty and Veronica, like, were together for, like, two scenes in this episode. And I was like, I want more of this. Yeah, you don't keep the B from the B. Yeah, like, I, I actually but wrote down. But they have been for a while, right? Yeah, well, they've just kind of been, like, separated. Like, all four of them are sort of separated. Like, the only ones who ever even sort of interact anymore are Betty and Jughead. And even they go off on their own separate storylines all the time. They just get together to smash. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But at the very least, just have the pops, uh, like, the uh, breakfast table scene. Yeah. They they all go over, like, what... At the beginning of each episode while the credits are still rolling. And and (laughs) we at least have that moment of their back and forth, their banter. And then also it's it's very easy to set up the rest of the episode that way. Uh, Like that stuff is, I'm I'm glad for those moments. I want more of it. And I feel like the show is leaning more towards like, let's do this like long season, like the season long arc stuff. But I'm more interested in the episode by episode. Let's just have some fun. Like let these characters interact. Like all of the characters don't, all the time need to be doing their own individual things. Right. And that's the parts that I thought were good in this episode where they're like, all right, Archie and Jughead, we're just going to get a whole bunch of all the other characters together and we're going to have a big-ass fight scene in this apartment building and it's going to be fun. <laughs> that's the other thing, too, is that a part of the show's plan became, let's genre bust, let's put these classic characters into these different genres. But what it started off with, what it started off as was, um, how many times do I say, what the fuck? fuck while yeah. watching it. Yeah. I missed while, those moments. Yeah, for a while it seemed like, oh, we're going to have none of those so we can set up major what the fucks later. Yeah. Just don't do that. No. Just, just, I need the, my like 
mainstream feed of what the fucks every episode. Give me daily what the fucks. Right. That's all that I want. And yeah, th- this episode gave me daily what the fucks. I really enjoyed the drug bust scene with uh, Jughead like putting pens and stuff. I was like, this is very simple, but it's fun. And like, we don't need this as like a, like this doesn't need to continue next episode. This... In fact, I prefer it doesn't. Yeah. Get all the crazy out right the fuck now. Do this thing in this episode, and that's what I want more of Riverdale. And it seems like they're starting to slowly ramp that up again, and I'm excited for it. I have a couple questions. Yes. Um, Jughead's mom is now officially the villain of yes. the season. Uh, and she is awful and puts hits out on her son. Uh-huh. Who Multiple is, hits. Who is a worse mom, Jughead's mom or Nico's mom from Runaways? Because both of them will cause, uh, like... Extreme violence to their children. I th- I think Jughead's mom is the worst. Yeah, I agree. Because she specifically came back into his life just to like run drugs and then put out a hit on him. And if you remember, in like season one, <laughs> he like called her and was like, "Hey, like dad's fucked up. I am like homeless." Can, I'm gonna come stay with you, and she's like, "Nah, bro, no, yeah. uh-uh." Like that was fucking devastating. Do you have a moment of the week, Ryan? Oh, I've got eight. Okay, go through them. Uh, I've had some problems with Veronica recently, but Veronica had peak Veronica line when somebody was like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, why? Like, why are we here?" And she was like, "Oh, I, I, I did all of that. That was just a pretense to get everybody together. Like, just <laughs> cuts through all the bullshit and yep. says, here's how television works.' Uh, at some point." Somebody says, uh, well, I'm not the first mobster to uh, go visit a therapist. Was that an Analyze This reference? I've I think that's the only mobster in pop culture history that has visited a therapist. Yeah, I, I remember that being very big. Yeah, I, I, I don't know of any others. And then uh, I got to say, Veronica's parent trapping was pretty ingenious. Yeah. I thought that sending the fish to get her parents to fall back, or at least stay together yeah. for the fish, I thought that was pretty good. Good that, job, Veronica. Th- that, was a, that was a good plan. Um, mine was uh, when... Someone asked Cheryl, what's your favorite color? She's like, red, obviously. But if I had to pick, it would be Pantone's Flame Scarlet. Uh, of course. Because that's of course yours, right? Yeah, it is mine. I'm, <laughs> I'm a fire sign, so it just makes sense. Uh, Riverdale's on Wednesday nights on The CW. Your next show this week is Arrow. On this week's episode of Arrow, Laurel learns that Amiko is probably a bad guy, which she totally is. But Ollie screams at Laurel for saying that because Amiko is his sister. Nothing is more important to Ollie than family, so he disregards what his friends and teammates that he has known forever say about his blood sister he has known for a week. <laughs> Taste buds, I ask you this. What is the definition of family, then, in Are We Family? Oh, I've always considered us family. For sure. I think, you know, that, like, blood is thicker than water, and friends are the family that you choose. Our siblings are all awful. We yeah. are great, and we love each other. Yeah. Would we cut our siblings for, like, our own benefit? Oh, I, if somebody, if, but wait, no, but this is somebody shows up out of the fucking blue uh-huh. and says, I am your, I'm your brother. They are blood related. Yeah. But so she they, is a villain. Yeah. And so then I bail on you guys because some Johnny come lately who just happens. Yeah. I think I would stick with you guys. I mean, yeah. Because I, I know more about Remember what you guys. happened with Chip on Riverdale? Yes. That was a bad, or Chick? That was a yeah. really bad situation. Remember what happened with Michonne last week on Walking Dead? Of with Jocelyn? We do. Yeah, dude, Jocelyn. The other thing, too, is that maybe you guys don't want to uh, take a bullet for each other. I don't, no. Pick, mm. pick any of our siblings that, you, that we could do a podcast with. That yeah. would be awful, right? Oh, boy. Do you, really, do you guys really think that you could do a podcast with your brothers or sisters? No. Uh, maybe. It, I don't know if it would be a good podcast. No, I, I, I will say no. I don't think. I think I could maybe do a podcast with Taylor's brothers or sisters. 
If they're anything like Taylor. Uh, yes. Um, Imagine like me, but slightly quicker wit, but also Republican. There you go. I imagine Ooh. that every night. Yeah, that's what I fall asleep to. That is very steamy. But yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Ryan, do you have a moment of the week? Yeah, it, my moment of the week is uh, just how many times Oliver says family and how the definition changes constantly <laughs> to whatever the scene needs. It, it's the Fast and Furious franchise yeah, of exactly. the CW universe. Yeah, you just say it. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. Unfortunately, these morons pour Corona bottles into mugs and drink them like they're normal glasses Ugh. instead of tipping the Corona completely over and pouring <laughs> it into their mouth like that. <laughs> and then going, glub, 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 I'm drinking. Uh, Arrow is on Monday nights on the CW. Your next show this week is Supergirl. This week on Supergirl, we see Lex Luthor training and indoctrinating the Cosnian Supergirl doppelganger, including taking her to the U.S. of A. to see the corrupt Americans in their natural environment. But Cosney and Supergirl starts to catch feelings for America, and so Lex stages an attack with America as the purported assailants. Evil Supergirl embraces her destiny as the only person that can stop our Supergirl, setting the stage for an epic showdown next week when I probably won't be watching. So, gentle friends, I ask you this. Any chance some Supergirl v. Supergirl is compelling enough to get you to watch next week? In a way that, like, in the way that we're supposed to talk on this show, like, very woke. Yeah, uh, yeah don't be creepy. Yeah. Don't be creepy. But no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I no, I haven't watched the rest of this season, uh-huh. and I'm not super jazzed about it. If I see a lot of buzz on the internet about it, I might check in. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think I'm at the place with Supergirl where I have been recently with Walking Dead. It's like, if I see buzz about it, I'll check it out. That's the way to watch this show. And I felt like I heard a little bit of buzz about this, so I checked it out. Let me ask yeah. you this. Is Red Daughter a threat? Like, Does it feel like she is powerful at all? Yes, because they did very campy things. Where, like Lex Luthor trains her throughout the entire montage? episode. Yeah, and so it's like, it, but like a series of scenes more than a montage, but like, like kind of done in montage way. And he's teaching her how to play chess. And I don't know if you know this, but Lex Luthor could play chess against like 150 people. And he'd win every single game. And he'd be reading a book. Uh, well, it's hard for 150 people to try and like reach the same board and move the same uh-huh. pieces. Like, they get in each other's way. <laughs> so she's going to have all those tactics. Um, I always think that uh, Supergirl versus Supergirl fight is fun. But it's very hard for TV to realize how the implications and how cool a fight like that can be. Yeah. So it's going to be like one or two cool moves and then it's going to be like, okay, now you both stand on this set, yeah. talk yeah. to each other and then maybe do some punches. Yeah, it's it's a lot of mostly invincible pe- people punching each yeah. other. Yeah. Greg, do you have a moment of the week? Okay, uh, John Cryer, I think is a pretty good Lex Luthor. Gene Hackman, Kevin Spacey, uh-huh. John Cryer. Yeah. Uh, and he goes the, the full ball, doing it up with the beard. Uh, I think it works. But he has like superpowers in this. And uh, they do the classic Daily Globe being held above somebody's head. Of course. Which is obviously like big Superman thing, but then also a big red sun image. He catches it and then hands like the little girl the flower. But John Cryer does it in this as Lex Luthor. And the graphics department is just struggling so hard to make it look like he's actually holding something above his head. And it comes off as so silly. At once, like, very classic and very silly. Uh, Supergirl is on the CW on Sunday nights. Your next show this week is Gotham. On the third to last episode of Gotham ever, Bane is here. Whoa! And, woo! Yay! And I although guess. he doesn't break the back of young Bruce Raphael, he does pull a pretty <laughs> iconic-looking move on Alfred, fucking his ass up, and maybe making it so he walks like an old man for the rest of his life. Meanwhile, Lee and Barbara team up, trying to save the baby who will one day become Batgirl. Taste Buds, I ask you this. 
Now that we are at the moment we've been waiting for, one episode until we see why Gordon and the villains are teamed up, and two episodes until we see straight up Batman, is there a better time to take a month break? <laughs> no, I can't Four think of one. Off. Can't think of a better time. This I, seems like the uh, prime opportune moment. I watched this episode because I thought it was the last one, in part because the month break like did not make it clear that there was more coming up. And I was like, oh, man, I meant to just watch the last one. <laughs> uh yeah, I get you know. I don't know. Just be over show. Yeah. I thought there was a. I thought there was really good things about this, but there's so many times, especially this season, where it's like, yeah, can you believe it? That's happened now, and it feels more like a catalog of those moments than it does a coherent narrative. It's like they realized all the things that they didn't get a chance to use, uh-huh. and we're like, let's just throw them all. Yeah, for sure. And you can also tell with a show like this, or Happy, or Preacher, when it goes on for twice as long as it needs to. Yeah, like, uh, Lee. With Bar- pregnant Barbara, not just pregnant, but like giving birth Barbara in a wheelchair with guns a blazing as Lee like pushes her down the hallway. That's an awesome idea. Yeah. Twice as too, like it went on twice as long as it should have. Yeah. That, that, that it's looking for a place to land. Also, like, I think the uh, pop culture at large has sucked the last life out of Bane. Like, we don't need to see him in stuff anymore. This is the shittiest, most terrible version, but, like, I'm so tired. Even, even worse than the, like, what was it, like, Batman Forever version? Yeah, Which version Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin, yeah. yeah. Poison Ivy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. made a Bane real quick. Yeah, yeah. and he was nothing like, he had none of the characters. together. He had no characteristics of Bane other than just he was like, a big dude. But it's not Shane West or Tom Hardy's fault, right? No. Because we had great conversations about uh, Jack Nicholson, uh, Heath Ledger and Cameron Monaghan, the Gotham Joker, uh-huh. because that's a great character and there's so much you can do. Nobody has ever given a fuck about Bane. There's nothing you can do. He's sort of, ta- he's a little more understandable than Tom Hardy, but uh-huh. like, who gives a shit? Dude? Yeah, and it's like, I mean, his main thing is I have a mask. Every fucking character has a mask, yeah. but for whatever reason, that's the thing that really gets hung on Bane. And it's like in the comic, he doesn't really have a mask like that. He wears a wrestler's mask. Yeah. And then he has a bunch of stuff on his arms and back. Where did this, like, the thing on the face and the echoey come from? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Dark Knight Rises because yeah. the book, like, he is a, I think he's, like, Spanish. Yeah. And he's pretty well-spoken. And then Tom Hardy added the, or Christopher Nolan added the, like, the robot mask voice, yeah. the gas mask voice. And, like, now that's just part of what we have to do. Yeah. But it could have been cool to just totally reimagine the character and make it interesting for the first time. Yeah, the whole thing about Bane is he's a really big dude who is also really smart. Yeah. And, like, that's an interesting thing. Not just, he's a big dude who talks funny. He's basically a huge Batman that doesn't really use gadgets. Yeah. So, like, that is interesting, but I think maybe it's just more interesting in comics, because you would need, like, a bunch of scenes of him, like, in a library practicing, right. I guess. But and that's not fun TV. Oh, we're not going to build up Bane's intellect. No, we're just yeah. going to cut right to the gas mask tough part. Do you guys have moments of the week? Uh, you said it. I mean, the shot of Barbara being giving birth, being wheeled down a hall, and shooting people, that is, like, the most Barbara thing, probably, that could possibly happen. <laughs> And at this point, Lee is into it. She's not um, full on, I run the ghetto of Gotham. Uh-huh. But she's not back to like boring doctor. She's like, this is pretty cool. Wheelchair guns. Uh, my moment of the week is sort of metatextual. 
Uh, my wife walked in while I was watching it, and Penguin and the Riddler were talking about leaving Gotham. Uh-huh. And she was like, that's not very Gotham. Like, that's not crazy. That's a very smart idea. <laughs> you should leave Gotham. <laughs> and then I explained to her that the two of them were building a submarine, and somebody <laughs> stole the secret submarine motor that they needed to leave. And then she was like, yeah, that's Gotham. Oh, that's, that's the okay. Gotham I know. All right. That's the show I try to avoid. Yeah. Gotham is on Thursday nights on Fox a month from now. Your next show this week is The Walking Dead. This week on the penultimate episode of The Walking Dead's ninth season, Michonne arrives to the fair with Daryl's rescued crew, and the leaders of all four communities join together for the first time in years and sign a mutual defense agreement against the Whisperers or whatever other threats may come. They all agree to dispatch fighters to Hilltop to defend the most likely target of the Whisperers, but they are too late, as Alpha is already in disguise among the fairgoers, and after being rebuked by Lydia captures Daryl, Carol, Michonne, and Yumiko in the woods to deliver a message that she is claiming territory for the Whisperers and the community's survivors must stay out of the boundaries. And to mark the northern boundary, she's put the now walkerized heads of highwaymen Ozzy and DJ, newly adopted mother Tammy, Negan's former wife Frankie, Hilltop teens Addie and Rodney, Carl's old flame Enid, Hilltop's leader Tara, and young Henry. Taste buds, I ask you this. Would you believe me if I told you you were all dummies for not watching this episode of television? I feel like we've had this conversation a lot. Yes. But it's towards the end of the season, so I'm more likely to believe you now than I was yes. in like episode three or four of any season. Like the, I think the first three episodes of this season were extremely good TV, and then the death of Rick killed it off, and then it came back after the time jump, and the time jump is good for the show. Oh, yeah. But Michonne was kind of fucking it up, and like them being separate. They are gelling again. It is really good. This show is at its best when the they they have some semblance of what it's like when people aren't just sad and lonely and depressed all the time. Uh-huh. And this episode was I, I'd say eighty five percent of this episode was like a teen drama of like uh like Lydia is upset because now she's in Henry's area and there are girls who like Henry and like other teen boys are like hey you're the new kid and like tr- like bullying her and there's like a date night at the movies like another character is like hanging out and they're like oh I want you to sing with me and there's like her like his girlfriend is like goading him into it and they're all having fun and there's like really good like conversations and it feels like a lived in world and that's what makes these deaths better than anything that's happened in the last like five seasons of the show. Uh-huh. Oh, but- yeah. The, the biggest problem is, and I don't know if they, it's because they have bad writers or they thought they knew what good TV was. Yeah. Uh, but it's when two people sit on a porch and contemplate life for seven minutes. And like this dialogue is boring and the plot's not moving forward. And we might sound ridiculous when yeah. we jizz all over Riverdale. But like you can't take away from the fact that most times, most episodes, we're skyrocketing through plot. Yeah. yeah. And if Walking Dead did learn a little bit from that and was like a little bit more like a teen soap, I think that would only benefit it. And like there was, a, they did a really great job of having just a moment out where it did, it wasn't, it wasn't central to the plot, but it was just a moment where like two sisters who had like a sign language conversation about like, what does it mean to be like family right now? And, and like that was good. And those moments made these deaths because most of them weren't like, it wasn't like a Carol or a Daryl death, yeah. but I didn't care as much about the people who were dead as I did about the, like it cut to in between all of these reveals, the people who like care about those people, like having a good time yeah. and knowing that those people are about to be devastated. That worked really well in a way that I didn't think the walking dead could pull off making deaths matter anymore. And it fucking did. So based on the shows that we're talking about that we'd like, 
when they're moving at an appropriate rate, it's we, we don't want deaths for Carol, Daryl, or Cheryl from Riverdale. No, th- we don't <laughs> want any of those people to die. Those are the people that we want to stay away from. But yeah, the, the moment where, because Henry was the biggest, like, shock death yeah. of this group because he was he kind of seemed to be like that they were going to do some of carl stuff with yeah him, right? they were setting him up as Which sort of henry go through the henry is the, the little kid's apprentice the blacksmith's apprentice he was the little kid with the bow staff who um what's his face uh who's not morgan yeah morgan trained uh-huh. um and he's like carol and ezekiel's adopted son he was he was set up this entire season as like he's sort of the new like carl and possibly the new like protagonist and then now he's dead and so that is actually fairly interesting because now it gives us maybe Myrtle, Murder Carol is back. But the big moment from the comic books that happened in this episode is that uh, that Alpha is in the town and running around. Yes, which was pretty fucking dope. Like the the opening of this episode was uh, just a cold open of it walked us through like a, a time lapse like montage of this couple who like found the hilltop uh-huh. and then they're like hey, we have, like, a community now. And it's always, like, happy anniversary, babe. And it was, like, like her, like, like creating this little... This is actually my moment of the week, is her creating, like, this little, uh, like, wooden, like, ornament that has, like, an H in it, like, for someone's name. But he was, like, uh-huh. for Hilltop and home. And then they're, like, they just kept doing that. And then they're, like, happy anniversary. We're on our way to the fair. And then it, like... <laughs> and then it's, like, they're having, like, a very nice carriage ride. And then it smash cuts to like all of their stuff ruined, and it slowly pans over to Alpha cutting, like scalping this woman and <laughs> singing a super fucking creepy song. Oh damn! And, and that's she's wearing that girl's outfit later when she comes in. <laughs> and then like at the very end of the episode, uh, someone finds those like wooden things and puts it because it's an H on Henry's thing. Oh. And that was like, actually a very touching moment. That's my moment of the week. Guys, watch this fucking episode. We're uh, we're covering the finale next week. Yeah. Are you nervous after this episode that I, this I, was the finale and next week is like yeah. sort of an epilogue? I, I think they're doing a similar thing to like a Breaking Bad or a Game of Thrones would frequently do where the the the, thing, the episode before the season finale is the big one. And I think this was the big one. I think next episode will be dealing with the fallout from this. But I do think... I'm I'm hopeful that the next episode will continue this bent because as good as this episode was, like I think they're locked and loaded for next season, and I think next season will be good. So I'm excited for it. Walking Dead on Sundays on AMC. Your next show this week is Punisher. On episode 210 of the Punisher, Frank and Curtis are getting ready to take Billy down, which at this pace should probably hopefully happen by the end of season seven. <laughs> Meanwhile, Pilgrim falls off every wagon when he gets the living shit kicked out of him. Taste buds, we're keeping track of all the times Greg had to turn away from the screen. Oh, yeah. But what if I told you that during the Pilgrim beating, I had to look away from the screen? <gasps> oh, shame. It was. I mean, like, it should have been illegal. Like, what? It's just, he walks into this meeting that he thinks is going to be just like a normal business meeting. Uh-huh. And he's been this, like, uh, straight and arrow priest for a long time. And what they do to him, like, I've, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it in movies or TV. It's <sighs> horrifyingly violent just with punches and kicks just with punches and kicks and uh they uh intercut that with him in like his hotel room later trying to uh like get himself back to normal guys the first 10 minutes of this episode i like i will never forget what this it it put me through wow and not in like a cool creative way yeah i would say like it was hard to pay attention to the rest of the episode because of what they did yeah see have we reached like the the ceiling for this? Because I, I feel like so many of the shows we watch, that's how they try to communicate to us. They try to like 
traumatize us. But the thing is, though, is that like if you're on a show like The Punisher, there's so much violence that if they want you to actually pay attention to the violence, yeah. this is what they have to do. But I guess the other option would be not put us in the situation or themselves in the situation where they have to raise the bar that high. All yeah. the time. Gnarly. Yeah, that's I am not ex- I'm not going to go back and watch that episode. I I don't I don't like when the shows go over the top like that. I want just a nice story. I want people to be friends. And we were talking about Happy and we were talking about how like the third act of this premiere and the first 5 minutes of the first season premiere are so over the top. Yeah. It's gross, it's gory, but it gets to a point where like it's so cartoony that it's hard to be grossed out. Uh-huh. This is played as real as fucking possible. Oh. There's not that like blast of CGI blood. You yeah. Know? Like, it's horrifying. Oh, well, do you have a moment of the week? Yeah. Was it that? No, it was not that. Real quick, I do want to go over the rest of the episode. Yeah. Which was um, uh, Billy's shrink was talking to Madani the whole time, and they did figure out how to break Frank. And I do like any time that uh, the Punisher is able to do anything. Anything Punisher-related is able to do interest, anything interesting with the Punisher because it's uh, hard to do. Yeah. And uh, Billy Shrink figured it out by talking to Madani. Um, oh, I get it. Frank is able to carry on because he thinks he's Billy, but good. And so if you just take that away, then he's going to realize that he is just Billy and he's going to kill himself. Uh-huh. And so she like wires that into Billy and he makes it happen. And watching that happen, like he, we watch him. We watch the actor realize, like, oh, I'm just Billy. And it was pretty impressive. It was pretty crazy. Wow. Why not just make that the moment of the week? Yeah. That's my moment of the week. <laughs> all right. Well, that's my moment of the week. Punisher's on Netflix all the time. We're watching it week by week. So tune in with us. Your next show this week is Doom Patrol. This week on Doom Patrol, the group I had assumed was called the Doom Patrol is looking for a group that is actually called the Doom Patrol. After finding them, it looks like the old school Doom Patrol has set up their own Umbrella Academy because these shows are destined to be forever linked. The old Doom Patrol seem to be doing just fine, which of course means they are in some sort of nightmare simulation retirement home and everything they think they see and do is actually fake. This all being a reaction to a hilarious convoluted and extremely fucked up ploy by Mr. Nobody. Also, Vic graduates from a cyber boy to a cyber man, and Cliff gains access to his daughter's face hole. And watch out, because Animal Vegetable Mineral Man's reign of terror has just begun. Oh. Gentlemen, I ask you this. What are we to make of the tactics of Mr. Nobody? Are they more horrifying for being so absurd or less? I think let's describe the Let's describe so, the attack. Uh, it goes to a, a park, a, bu- a beautiful park. Back in the day, the original, nice the yeah. original Doom Patrol. Everyone's having a nice picnic day in the park, and he drops a balloon that was playing a what song? Oh, it's, uh, it's Paul Inca. Yes. Uh-huh. And it's like hoopty hoo or yeah. yeah, one of those. Here's how we shuckety. Yeah, which um and the balloon looks like a buttocks. The balloon is a giant butt and then the cops get called. Yes. And the jukebox shoots away. Because there's black people barbecuing at uh, the place. Yeah. No, the music starts making first everybody starts dancing but then it starts making them go crazy. Yeah. And so then the cops show up. Yeah. And the jukebox shoots out lasers that turn them into cop piñatas. Piñatas. And then everyone grabs their truncheons and then they break open the cop pinatas uh-huh. and eat what is essentially their candy insides. So guys, we're in a real interesting situation here that I cannot figure out. Um, is Doom Patrol just way, way smarter than Preacher and Happy? Or am I so far up Doom Patrol's butt balloon that <laughs> I never even think that they're turning it up to 11 in that same Preacher Happy way? That's, I think what Doom Patrol does that those other shows aren't doing is that they have that one level removed from being horrifying and realistic whereas like 
like uh, Happy would do this as they are just like thinking that these cops are pinatas, but like yeah. it would show them eating their entrails. This is like a level of cuteness and wackiness that is not in those other shows, and I'm fine with the two eleven wacky. Yeah. Also because it fits very well with who Mister Nobody is as a character, and these other characters aren't necessarily hitting that level this is a thing that's happening to them and they just have to deal with this world that's the thing is that i find mr nobody very interesting very chaotic like i'm i never know what he's gonna do yeah but the other thing too is that uh now that we're moving away from his narration and his very like deadpoolian fourth wall breaking he is he does seem like he's a bad guy in order to make more good tv episodes uh-huh. yeah and i do feel like that's a little bit purposeful but they're not screaming it out yeah. all the time He's like Mr. Mojo or whatever from the X-Men. He's like trying to see something interesting. Yeah. And he, so he's ma- like he's Ratings. making yeah, he's making a cool show for himself. Yeah, I don't I'm not it doesn't bother me the the preacher stuff because it really does. It does it with whimsy and he reminds me of like a like what joke like the Joker would be like if he got these same powers. Uh if, if the Joker was Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, this is exactly. How it would be. <laughs> How did you guys feel about the sort of parallels between the the Doom Patrol and being in a house? And like this, they use the same language, like this is a place where you can be safe. Uh-huh. Like, did you guys feel like that makes you care more? Like, do you think that they're setting it up for they're doing the same thing with our Doom Patrol characters? Oh, for sure. It, re- it reminded me of my favorite Tobias line, which is uh, having yeah. a threesome. Uh, never works for any couple, but it might work for us. It's, yeah, it says like, it's literally never worked for anybody, but it might work for us. And so they're seeing this, and they're, they're all in the back of their head. They're like, oh, this is our future. But in the front of their head, they're thinking like, but we'll definitely break the chain of this. Yeah, we're definitely not this Because thing. their reaction to witnessing that and other stuff Mr. Nobody does turns them so insane that then the the mental power guy makes them all think they're just in a false reality all the time. That and like, if you're, um, it's not Mr. Nobody. Who's, uh, who's the guy in the bandages? Uh, 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 Larry trainer. Yeah. Larry trainer, whatever his Larry superhero name is looking at these people, for instance. And he's saying, um, Oh, that's very sad, but he isn't really looking at them as people. Yeah. Like, you know, those are secondary characters to his life. So it's, it's almost hard for him to think that it could happen to him because he's in his own brain only. Uh-huh. You know? And that's, we all end up in the same place, but he's everyone's just still like, nah. Nah. Uh, did you guys have moments of the week in this episode? Uh, of course, the easy one is I saying... Mean, it's it, gotta be. But I think there's one particular part, which is after, as they cut away, you hear the newscaster say that uh, the dinosaur was arrested for aiding and, and uh, abiding. I, yeah, okay. That was great. I think that our main event should have been tonight just that clip of the robbery. <laughs> of so animal, good. mineral, vegetable man trying to rob and the uh, dinosaur being the downfall. So mine is a very specific part of that, which is his, God damn it. Like, <laughs> he knew the dinosaur yeah. was going to bite him and he went in anyway. He got all, he basically got all of the powers because he was in that chamber for so long that he got like every single power. And what it amounts to is he's trying to stick up like a mini mart. Uh, my moment of the week is it's a very small moment, but it's when Cliff uh, he tries to get Jane to show him his daughter's face hole, uh-huh. and she throws the sandwiches that he brings on the ground and closes the door. He's like, "I'm not picking this up." 
It's like, all right, but just this one time. And it, my moment of the week specifically is the moment where he tries to pick up a plate that is like upside down on the ground and he can't get under it. So he's just moving it. And he's like, God damn it. And he's just moving it around for just a moment. And watching that big robot man try and pick up a plate was my moment of the week. I got to say, too, that this was the first episode where uh, I thought that the one shining flaw of this episode was that it needed a rewrite on its curse words and its shocking dialogue. Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't clever enough. And this was when Robot Man and Crazy Jane shined. Like, I think that Robot Man says, fuck, Knuckle. Instead of just saying, like, <laughs> ah, fuck. You know, like, now they're really working on every aspect of the show. Oh, guys. guys this might be the best show in this podcast history. It might, yeah. it might be. And it's so weird. It's like, where did it come from? Is anybody else seeing this? Like, are people aware? No, there's no way. It has a rating of three every I've, week. I've been telling everyone. I'm like, guys, watch fucking Doom Patrol Friday nights on DC Universe. Just show Your people next the show. clip of him trying to pick up the plate. <laughs> Your next show this week is Umbrella Academy. This week on the Umbrella Academy, we get a nice peek behind the curtain of the Time Assassin Agency, where Five now has a desk job, making sure catastrophes happen, while also trying to steal info needed to save the world. Meanwhile, Vanya discovers her powers, and that Leonard has her dad's diary. Hazel and Cha-Cha get orders to kill one another, Klaus tries to sober up to see his love one more time, and Luther and Allison reveal their feelings for one another. But all this is walked back when Five destroys the Room of Time briefcases and jumps back to the beginning of the episode, rallying everyone together to save a man named Harold Jenkins. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Do you feel the rollback makes this a pointless episode, or does it give us enough information about the world and characters to make it interesting on its own? I feel like the rollback was specifically designed to make me say, nope, I'm out. But yeah. that didn't happen. Like, yeah. I thought it was super interesting, and it caught me totally off guard. And, and it I makes, did not find it weak writing. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. It, 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 I felt like it was a good episode because it showed here's the ways that these characters are going to fuck up and not save the world. And it was very in keeping with their characters. We got more character information. We are, the viewer, got a little bit more information yeah, on what's not, going on. It was not stricken from our record. Right. Yeah. We still learned all that Yeah, shit. totally. That's such a good point. But now we see the those characters that we found out more about coming together, and now we get to see the Umbrella Academy in full force, but we still have that information. So it's, it's that thing where you were worried at the beginning, Ryan, of it giving us mysteries that it wasn't going to solve. It's solving all these mysteries for us and still leaving some of them for the characters in a way that's effective and it's playing with a thing that it's set up and it's doing it well. The other thing I was nervous about too after the first episode was that the end of the world's like a week away. Yeah. Uh-huh. So And there's 12 episodes left. One way to do that, repeat a day. Yeah. yeah. That's, knock out an episode that way. It's really bittersweet because ultimately what you see is they all come to terms with or learn something about themselves better off. Yeah. that would help get them out of their position. And honestly, maybe that was the way to prevent the apocalypse. What they're doing now might just be right. the thing that actually yeah. causes I it to happen. I think if they knew what happened on that day, they'd be like, oh, please rewind that day. Yeah. But it will definitely turn out to be, no, that day should have happened. Everything yeah. else will be worse. Like uh, Specifically, like Luther and Allison, I am now, uh, like, I'm bummed. Which, look. She didn't decide to be Lutheran. Allison, like, her parents <laughs> made her Lutheran. Yeah. Don't just call her that. I'm, you know what? I'm sorry. She can be Episcopalian, Allison, if she so chooses. Uh, but no, the, when that got rolled back, I was legitimately upset because that was a very nice, beautiful character moment where they were like, the world's going to end. Let's, yeah. We might as well reveal our feelings for, for each other. Let's do this. And now that's back in the bottle. But, like, we know. We know, yeah. But, like, They've been doing a thing. Have they been doing a thing for a long time? Yeah. Has, has this always been um, Gwyneth and 
Luke from Royal Tenenbaums. Yes, yeah. And I mean, when they climb at the tent, like now it's official, right? Yeah, like, yeah. that is what they're doing. Yeah, one hundred percent. Is that is it weird? No, uh, in the case of just these two characters, in these two characters, no, because they're they they didn't have anything like a childhood, right? right. And, and there's no, like anybody that they're gonna end up with will be lesser than this relationship. That's, uh, I think if it had been like a a normal adopted situation where they were I raised might, as brother and sister, right? But they were more ra- they they weren't really raised as brother and sister. They were raised as teammates. Yeah, they're like work associates. Yeah, I would put this far far less weird than. Paul Rudd and Alicia Silverstone and Clueless. Oh yeah, and far, 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 far less weird than any of the porno I watch. Yeah, than anything on like the front page of porno. <laughs> yeah, it, I really liked this episode, and I'm I I think I'm still it's still not in my top tier. Like I think there are still better shows, but it's available the next day. It's I'm got that it. monkey. The fact that Doom Patrol is the best show that we've ever watched, and they had the Umbrella Academy uniforms in on that the episode, show. That, that was <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Uh, but now I'm also interested in uh, Hazel and Cha-Cha for the first time. Yeah. And But what they did do, uh, they have to kill each other. But it reminded me of an even better assassin storyline, which is a Kids in the Hall skit, where I think Bruce McCullough is an assassin, and he opens up his briefcase, and it's a picture of him. Yeah. And he just has to figure that out. <laughs> good skit, guys. Uh, moments of the week, Ryan? Uh, my moment of the week is Pogo. Pogo is on this show, go. Pogo's there. Greg? Uh, when they get in trouble, when Allison and Luther get in trouble for doing smooches as kids, Hargraves comes in and he's like, uh, he says that they that's not a time for free time, that uh, free time, <laughs> they, they have free time on Saturdays from 12 to 1230. <laughs> These kids have half an hour a week that they're allowed to have to themselves. It's, oh. it's delivered so good because it's 12 until half past 12. Twelve. Yeah. Uh, the every this show does Hargreaves really, really well, and you want more of him, and I don't think you're ever gonna get it. Nope. And I That's think it's because he's so two dimensional. There's no redeeming quality. He's just awful. Yeah. He's terrible. Uh, my moment of the week is uh, when Five is uh, trying to steal information. He goes to the bathroom to read through the file, and the lady who is in charge of the organization comes in and sits down and takes a extremely long piss yeah. while talking to him, <laughs> yeah. which could have been like a preacher level. It was it was very good. The other thing I love about Five is that he, for the first time in movie and TV history, knows how grenades work because all movies and TV treat them as either like the tiniest little explosion or something that could blow up a city block. Uh-huh. And he just runs like 10 feet away. And he's yeah. good. Yeah. He's fine. <laughs> he's fine. Uh, Umbrella Academy is on Netflix all the time. We're watching it week by week. Guys, that is all the shows Woo-hoo! for this week. Yeah. Next week on the show, we were talking about the Walking Dead finale. Wow. Uh, the return of Karen Page. No way. In The Walking Dead? Yeah, she's going to be she's in She's going to return to that show. And Legends of Tomorrow is oh! back. And that's the really important thing. So tune in next week for that. For Greg, I'm Taylor. For Taylor, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I am the world. Cut that tape. Roll that beautiful bean footage. R.I.P. Bean Dog. Oh, man. Bean Dog really dead? Yeah. Okay. Bean Dog Original. I'm going to write about this for Patreon, but Original Bean Dog is dead. He died for knowing too much, as you know, Ryan. Yes, he was assassinated. You can see it on Patreon, you guys. I'll tell you the whole story. But there is a new Bean Dog, and I got to say. fuck that Bean Dog. New Bean Dog. Don't say you're going to give away the recipe. No. You're going to get caught. There is a new, younger, yes, sexier Bean Dog. I'm going to write all about it on Patreon. Check it out, guys. The younger one knows what's up. He'll like, yeah, I know that there is footage and then like skateboard around the park. Yeah, exactly. All right. To younger Bean Dog. Bye, Bean Dog. Wait, Taylor, do you want to say the last thing? Um, It's your show. You should say the last thing. Uh,